Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Series, a brand new collection of talks, if you will, tonight. Uh, very boring, um, but right to the point uh, title that I picked for this series, and it's simply this Disciple. Someone say, Disciple. All right, we're getting better. We're getting better. Disciple. And um, this, th- this whole series really is around that word, that idea, that thought, asking this question What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? Now, just r- real quick, um, there's no pressure. There's no like social obligation or peer pressure. Um, but by show of hands, how many of you, you would say tonight, uh, to the best of your ability, that it's your belief that you are a disciple of Jesus? By show of hands. All right, cool. So we, we, we got a good number of hands. I'm a disciple of Jesus. All right. So, so I, I, I don't want to like contradict that tonight, but I just want to make sure that we are all on the same page when when we're talking about the definition of what a disciple of Jesus means, and, and here, here's the reason, and, and this might be kind of like a radical statement, um, but please allow this to sink in. Uh, did you know that Jesus actually did not call or, or isn't actually interested primarily in you and I being believers in him? Did, did, did you know that? Um, how many of you, like me, you grew up in church, and one of the things that it's like a Christianese kind of a term that you hear a lot is the term believer. You ever heard that before? Like, hey, hey are, you, are you a believer? I remember my my, my grandma. Um, anybody, you just have like a grandma that asks you annoying questions all the time? Like, my, my grandma, anytime I had a new friend, anytime I had someone I was hanging out with, my grandma, she'd go, Brandon, are they a believer? And um, what, what she was asking is, do, do they believe in Jesus? And I grew up primarily thinking, yeah, like that's the goal, right? Like the goal is to believe in Jesus. We're, like, we're trying to get people to believe in Jesus. But I want to re- read you this verse, um, uh, James chapter 2, verse 19. Listen to this verse. It'll kind of set up uh, why I think this is a big deal. James, I love James. He's like the most practical writer in Scripture. And he says, you believe that there is one God. You do well. However, even the demons believe and, and tremble. I, I love James because James goes, James goes, oh, cool. Like, you, like you're a believer. Oh, like, you, like you, you believe in God. That's awesome, man. Even the demons believe in God. I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to classify myself, and I don't want to be just a, a believer because here's the reality. Um, even, even demons even, even darkness, even Satan himself is a believer in, in Jesus. And, and, and Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, this isn't where, kind of where we're going to go tonight, but he said in Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, he said, go therefore and make believers of all nations. It's actually not what, what he said. He, he didn't say, hey, I want you to go. I want you to give your life to, and I want you to go and just be a believer. That's not what he said. He said, go therefore and make disciples. Someone say disciple, disciple. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, here's what he says. He says, verse 20, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And remember, or lo, 
I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The reason I think it's such a big deal that we start this series, and the reason I think it's such a big deal that we, we talk about this, um, is because we are living in a culture. We, we, we are living in a day and an age where there are a lot of people who actually believe in Jesus. Did you know that, um, I think the statistic, I could be wrong, but I want to say it's something like uh, 65% of the United States of America still raises their hand and says, I am a believer in Jesus. But out of that 65%, did you know that it's only about 10 to 12% of those people that actually believe the Bible is true and that we should be following the ways of Jesus? Interesting because we, we, we seem to, a culture, I'm not saying you and I, but we, we kind of think believers the goal. Yeah, man, like I, I totally believe in Jesus. Hey, man, are you doing well? I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah, me and God, we're good. Why? Because I'm a believer in, but James goes, nah, I, even the demons believe. And last time I checked, Jesus said, my goal, my, my assignment, it's not actually for you to go and get people to believe. No, I'm interested in people, in you being a disciple. Brandon, what in the world does disciple mean? Let me read this definition to you. I think it's on the screen. But the word disciple, it means this. A student who is a learner. Have you ever been in a class before and you learned nothing? Like you've been in that class before? Are you currently in a class where you are learning nothing? I, I think the majority of the classes that I took in all of my grades in school, I learned very little because I was never paying attention like ever. But, but a disciple is a student who is a, who, who, who's a learner. It's one who follows both the teachings and the teacher. Now, how many of you show of hands, when you hear the word disciple, you think like Christian, Jesus, like church stuff, like, like nowhere else, right? Do we use that word? But actually in this context, in the New Testament, in this like historical period, the word disciple wasn't a Christian word. The word disciple wasn't like a church word. It wasn't a Bible word. That was a common term that was used for someone who was an apprentice, someone who was studying under someone. Like, let's say you wanted to, I don't know, throw, throw, throw a profession out at me. Someone, give me, you wanted to be a blacksmith. You would study under a master blacksmith and you would be their disciple. That, like, this is the term. So, so when Jesus uses the word disciple, it's a pretty common understood term that what he's saying is, I'm asking you not to just believe in me. No, 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 no. My, my, my call is, is that you would be an apprentice, a student, a learner, one who follows both my teachings and my, my ways. Now we're gonna get to Matthew 16 in a minute, but let me give you just one more like context setup real quick. Cool, one more context. Look, look at your neighbor and say, stay, stay with them. Come on, back, back in the corner, look at your neighbor, stay with him. All right, wh one more context step. You, you might be like, Brandon, why does this matter? Like, wh why should my ears be perked? Why sh should I be attentive? Why should I even care? Jesus says this really weird, he tells this really weird story. He says, and we won't read it tonight, but he goes, you know, there's gonna be a lot of people, we'll say it this way, who are believers, who, who when, when this whole thing wraps up, and when they stand before me, they're going to be like, so good to be here. I, I'm telling you, like, I was really looking forward to Disney World, um, but you came back a little soon, but I'm pumped to be here at the pearly gates. And, and, and he's going to say, yeah, um, actually, you, 
you, you, you, you have to depart. What, what do you mean? I believed in you. And Jesus says to many, he, he will say, yeah, I, I know you did a lot of stuff for me. I know that you were a believer. Um, but, but it is not belief. It is discipleship that, that grants you access. See, because the Bible says faith without works is, someone help me, dead. So actually your, your, your belief, your devotion, your accepting Jesus as Lord is proved in discipleship. So that's amazing that you believe in Jesus. That's awesome. I'm so glad primarily here tonight we believe in Jesus. But my question for us tonight is, are we disciples? And the whole point of this, this series is I want us to really understand what it means to be, to be a disciple and myself being first. Like I'm going to go first in line. I want us to make a fresh commitment to say, Jesus, I don't just want to believe in you, but I want to be a learner and a student and a follower. I want to be a disciple of Jesus so that I can live the life God has intended. Someone said, amen. All right, all that, all that's that Matthew chapter 16, I'm going to read you these two short verses. I'm going to give you the title. We're going to pray and then we'll, we'll jump in. Tonight, I just want to help you to know what the first step is. Someone say first step. First step. All right, cool. Then Jesus said to his disciples, these are the 12 guys that were following him, that were the, uh, the, the students, the learners, the apprentices, if you will. And he says, then he said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, if anyone desires to be a disciple, he says, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. If anyone wants to follow, if anybody wants to come after me and be a disciple, here's the first thing that is required. They have to deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. You, you might hear that and you might go, ah, nah, actually I'm not interested in, in doing that. Like it's 2021, praise God for forgiveness and grace. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like death to me, ah, not quite yet. Well, okay, but cruise with me to Luke 14 real quick and listen to what Jesus says. Different passage, same, same topic. He goes, oh, by the way, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Cannot be my disciple. I, I was thinking about this um, when we were doing worship and I went over to the store area, which hopefully will open soon. Um, like I, I want to have stuff to eat. Um, but I, I, I grabbed this fruit roll-up. Anybody, do you like fruit roll-ups? Anybody? Anybody, would you want to actually eat this fruit roll-up? Like, I will, I will give this to you. Um, okay, I will give this to somebody. Um, but I was thinking about this fruit roll-up, and, and I was thinking about Olivia. Olivia Audette right here, front and center. I did not, you know, be sitting right there, but so convenient. Um, Olivia, can you tell the people, the month of January, what did you not eat? Sugar. Sugar-free, has anybody ever tried to go like sugar-free? Like in the back? Um, Olivia did sugar-free January, right? And Christina, you did sugar-free January, right? You attempted it. Okay, so let me just like really, really practical, really dumb question. If Olivia was sugar-free in January, could she eat this? Okay, but, but if she's like, no, nah, like, I'm like, like no, no sugar January. And, and then if she ate this, would she still be no sugar January? 
Okay, like really dumb, really basic, really stupid example, but, but, but I kind of want you to think about this example because Jesus says in Luke chapter 14, listen, he, he goes, yeah, by the way, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. We live in a day and age and in a culture where here's what we say, I can do whatever like I wanna do and I can also be a disciple of Jesus. Man, does it feel good to have my cake and eat it too. But, but Jesus goes, no, actually, excuse me, 2021, um, you cannot do you and simultaneously be a disciple. You can't do it. That's, that's, literally, they are polarized. You cannot eat a fruit roll-up and claim to be sugar-free. It, it just doesn't work like that. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Title of the message, um, which by the way, s- someone just say, it will get better. It will get better. You're like, Brandon, this is the first Wednesday back. Like now I know why my friend didn't come because this is kind of a bummer message already. I'm already kind of PO'd that I'm here. I, it, it's gonna get better. Um, uh, Jaden in the back. I don't wanna hit Audrey in the face. Um, should I even, yeah, Jaden in the back. Oh, Audrey, I'm so sorry. I was so close. My apologies. You can either, you can eat that if you want or you can throw it to Jaden. Um, Title of the message is simply this. It is what it is. It it is what it is. And and here's what I want to get at tonight. When it comes to being a disciple, nobody in here is going to go, actually, you know what? My most favorite thing in the whole world is to deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. Actually, that's like no one's preference. But here's what we got to see tonight. If, If my goal is discipleship, it is what it is. If, if my goal is to follow and to have Jesus as my Lord and Savior, just let's be real tonight, Jesus goes, it is what it is. Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. It is what it is. Join me real quick. Let's pray. Let's ask God to really speak to our hearts tonight. And then we're, we're going to get into this quickly. God, tonight, this is kind of a difficult message. Um, this is not rainbow, unicorn, flower, uh, cupcake, fun, sparkle message. This is kind of difficult. I don't even like preaching this message, uh, nonetheless hearing it for myself because it goes against what, what my flesh wants. But God, do we need this? And so I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, you would captivate every single person's attention. You captivate every single person's attention in their heart to lean in and to receive from you tonight. God, that we would not leave here bummed out or discouraged or feeling heavy, but we leave here by the time we get done liberated and free to fully follow you and experience life and life to the full. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. It is what it is. Um, anybody, do you, do you actually enjoy going to school? You, wow, that is amazing. That is incredible. I was expecting like one person, but there's a lot of people that enjoy going to school. Okay. Anybody like me, you can relate. You do not enjoy going to school like you. um, So let me tell you the difference between me and my wife. My wife loved school. My wife was number three in her graduating class. My wife, um, this is how I knew we were different. We dated in high school and she, she turned me down for, for like a date to study for the ACT. 
And I'm like, I thought that was kind of like, just give it, like, give it your best try, hope for the best kind of a test. Like, I didn't, I'm not studying for the ACT. I'm just going to do the best I can and call it what it is. And she's like, no, wait, like, we, we cannot go out. We cannot hang out. I'm studying. For, I'm like, that's, that's another level of commitment. She likes school. I did not like school. From kindergarten to first grade, I can already tell my oldest daughter's taking after me. Today, we were just like, hey, it's school. It's school day. We're going to school. And she's like, aw, I don't like going to school. Can I stay home and play? It's like, no, you're not staying home. We're going. I, I didn't like to go to school. But at some point, I recognized it is what it is. Like it, leave it. It is what it is. School is something all of us, at least in this country, we have to go to. And, and even though I hated school, even though I never liked going to school, even though there's not a single day that I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Tuesday. Yes, we have four more days of this. Never. Even though I, I did not like school, at some point I did recognize this is actually necessary. And actually, if I'll lean into this, this is going to be incredibly beneficial for my life and my, my future. I kind of think about discipleship the same way because what we're going to see tonight is the whole first part that Jesus sets, it, sets up, it, let's just brace ourselves, it is what it is. Because none of the three things we're going to look at real quick are things that we're like, oh my gosh, yes, are you, are you for real? I get to do that. Oh, I, I, this is my lucky day. I've been hoping my whole, none of them. All of them, let me just warn you, we're going we're to give you three points. And all of them, either you're going to check out and be like, okay, I'm done. Or you're going to listen, but you're going to cringe on the inside. And, and you, like myself, when I was in high school, you're, you're going to think either I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Or I'm not going to do that. But, but let's just call it what it is tonight. All together, someone say, it is what it is. Come on, someone say, it is what it is. It is what it is. But kind of like my experience with school, what I'm hoping is that by the time we, we really understand these verses, that we will see, although it is what it is, actually by leaning into this, I will discover what life was actually meant, meant to be. What are the three things Jesus says? I'm going to give them to you quickly so we don't run out of time. Number one, you could jot this down in your notes or uh, put in your brain. Um, he says, you have to say no to your flesh. You have to say no to your flesh. Has anybody ever wanted to do something they knew they were not supposed to do? Like if you don't have your hand raised, use a liar and we're already off to a bad start. I'll give you an example. Um, I've been telling myself because I've read articles, um, more like watch YouTube videos. Since, since when did watching YouTube become like a form of reading? I tell people all the time, yeah, I read this article. I don't know why I said that, because really what I should say is I watched a YouTube video um, while I was brushing my teeth. Um, I, I've watched some YouTube videos on the benefits of fasting. Have you ever done a fast before? I don't mean like spiritual fast. I mean like, like for health benefits. And I've been telling myself for at, well, how, what's today, February 10th? How many days are in January? 31, so 41 days. January? Thank you. Thank you, January. Thank you. I know my calendar. I'm just kidding. Um, so for 41 days, I've been telling myself, I'm going to do a fast. 41 days, I'm going to do a fast. And um, yesterday I said, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a 24-hour fast. And um, I ate a really good dinner last night. And um, so I'm like, that's cool, not a big deal. Today's a new day. I'm, I'm doing a 24-hour fast. And I got to church today about 2 p.m., and um, our kids pastor, Madeline Tillery, she sent a message to our staff. She's like, hey, I have a ton of extra candy. Does anybody want any? And I'm like, sign me up. And I ate like two handfuls of candy. Fasting's not going well. But 
We all have this thing in us. It's called the flesh. It's called just our carnal nature that we all deal with where I, there's things that I want. There's things that I want to do, that I want to say, this, that, that, that actually are contrary to the ways of Jesus. Listen to this verse, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. It says this, Galatians 5, 17. It says that for the flesh, it lusts or rages against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. They are contrary to one another so that they do, you do not do the things that you wish to do. The first thing Jesus says is if anybody desires to come after me, listen, he says he must deny himself. Do you know what that means? It simply means you must say no to your flesh. Did you know that to be a disciple of Jesus, that you are going to have to get good at the word no. Let's just practice real quick. Everyone said no. No. It's easy to say to other people, but like me, do you have a hard time saying no to yourself? And, and, and Jesus goes, here's step number one. You are going to have to live a life, a pattern of going, I really am inclined to this, but no, because I've given myself to follow the ways of Jesus. Number two, jot this down, that we have to not only say no to our flesh, but we have to, this one's gonna really suck. We have to abandon our aspirations. I, I mean, we, we won't read it all the way again, but, but Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says, if anybody desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Have you ever ignored a scripture because you didn't know what it meant? I ignored this scripture like almost my whole life because I, I'm a pastor's kid, I grew up in church. I would read this scripture and I'd be like, yeah, deny myself. I totally get that. I could like, yeah, that's, that's difficult. Take up my cross. What, what in the world does take up my cross mean? Do you know what take up your cross, what it means? Take up your cross is giving us a picture of what Jesus did. Let me read, read you the scripture. Matthew chapter 16, verse 34. It'll maybe get, I'm sorry, not 16. Um, uh, Matthew 28, yes, possibly. Uh, whatever the next verse is, Brad. Um, something 34, 38. Uh, this is embarrassing. Uh, let me just tell you while, while, while Brad looks for it. Um, Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and Jesus is about to go to the cross. And do you know what Jesus does for, the, for, for hours? The Bible says he prays, God, this is not what I want to do. God, I do not want to go be brutally tortured and murdered. This is not like, this is not my, nevertheless, your will, not, not my will. It's giving us a picture that a, a disciple's life is not built based on what do you want to do? Hey, hey, what's, what's your plan for your life? Do you know what I think the dumbest question, uh, question that Christians ask is? I think the dumbest questions Christians ask, and I'm guilty because I ask it all the time, is, hey, man, so like, uh, like, like, what, like what do you want to do with your life? Hey, like, so like, what, like, what are you thinking? Like, what, like, what do you want to do? It's the dumbest question. Maybe not from a, the vantage point of someone who's not a follower of Jesus, but as a disciple, bad question. Because the Bible teaches us that discipleship is a life that goes, what I want to do, my dreams, my goals, my aspirations, I'm laying them down and modeling my life after Jesus asking this question, God, what do you want me to do? Oh, I, 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 I got some ideas. I got some plans. I, I got some aspirations for, but God, 
not my will, your will be done. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time that for all of us who raised our hands, I'm a disciple, that, that you made decisions based on, God, what are you asking me to do? I, I have a friend and um, no, no offense, uh, he's been a youth pastor for like 15 years. And um, he, he, he was asked, we were at this conference where we were talking to other youth pastors and we were both there and we were doing kind of like, like a breakout session. And um, some, some youth pastors were asking us questions and um, he got asked questions. He, they said, hey, so pastor so-and-so, you've been a youth pastor for 15 years. You must love youth. And he laughed. He's like, not really. <laughs> nope, I don't. He's like, wait, what do you, like, no, I like, um, like no offense, but um, I like smelly seventh graders are not my favorite. Like, it's not like, I, like, I love people, but not. And they're like, well, ho hold on, ho hold on. You've been a youth pastor for 15 years. What, what do you mean you don't love youth? He said, well, it's not that I'm, I don't love youth, but, but here, here's what it is. I love Jesus. And this is what Jesus has asked me to do. I, I don't live my life based on what I want to do. Based on, I live my life based on what Jesus has asked me to do. So do I love youth? Yeah, sure, because I love people. But it's not that I'm passionate about youth. I'm passionate about Jesus. And my life is not lived based on my goals. My, my life is lived based on Jesus. What are you asking me to do? Can you imagine Jesus in this garden? The last thing I want to do is do your plan for my life. This, 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 I mean, who wants to go get brutally tortured? Like that's not, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Jesus, anybody who would come after me must deny himself and then take up his cross, forfeiting personal dreams and goals and simply living a life to say, Jesus, I will do and I will go wherever you ask me to go. Number three, and we'll, we'll land the plane right here but we have to follow and not lead. Jesus says, well, anyone who comes after me must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Follow me. Fo fo follow me. Garrett Jones, come here real quick. Let me, let me use you as a great example. While Garrett's coming up here, Isaiah, will you, will you come play keys a little bit? We'll be close. All right. Let me see your question. I just want you to, I just want you to hang out right here. Okay. Now, I want you, when I tell you to, I just want you to walk over to that. See that sub on, on the floor? That's the, sub? the sub right there? It's the, big, it's the big box. See the square right there? Yeah, yeah, I just want you to walk that direction. Let's make it simple. Just walk that direction. Okay. All right, ready? Walk. Pause real quick. Even dumber than my fruit roll-up example. I know, I'm full of great ideas tonight. But, but just question, is Garrett following or is Garrett leading? Garrett's leading. Be, because what does following re require? Following re requires you to pay attention. Fo following requires you to go at the right pace. And to only, you got this, to only move. You can sit down, man. Thank you for being my example. At least you weren't the free roll-up. Um, following requires you to follow. 
but we are the greatest leaders of our life, are we not? Yep, this is what I'm gonna do. This is where I'm gonna go. This is, this is what I'm into. This is how I'm gonna prioritize my day. I'm gonna do this club and this team and I'm gonna go to this school. And we, we are great leaders of our life. And then here's what we do. We, we go, oh, Pastor Brandon, Pastor Brandon, Pastor Brandon. Will, will you pray that God will bless my great ideas? Hey, Brandon, will you pray that God, I, I've, li- I've had so many people go, hey, Pastor Brandon, I, just, I need prayer, man. Uh, let's pray. Uh, um, yeah, so I, I, I made all these decisions. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Will, will you just pray that God will put a blessing on it? And do you know how many people with a big smile on my face that I've said, no. I'll, I'll pray that God will lead you. I'll pray that God will speak to you and God will give you wisdom. But the Bible does not say from cover to cover in one single place that God just blesses our plans and our ideas. No, the Bible says that people live a blessed life when they follow his plans and ideas. Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. All right, I I promised you it was gonna gonna get good at the end, okay? Um, So far, everything I've preached, um, Brad, will you turn his keys down just a little bit? Maybe take him out of the monitor. Everything, it's not funny, Garrett. Why are you laughing, bro? This is like the serious part of the sermon. Don't mess it up for us, bro. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, So far, everything I've preached, everything I've talked about, being a disciple requires to deny myself, to leave my ambitions and to pick up my cross. And like none of that to me is good news. Maybe I'm the least spiritual person in the room, but as a 32 year old man, I read that. And, 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 and my thoughts sitting down of my Bible is, well, that doesn't sound, sound fun. Um, what, about, what about me? Have you ever asked the question, what about me? Have you ever felt like you were in a social setting where you were getting the short end of the stick? You ever felt like you had a friend or a relationship where you always got the short end of the stick? Like we're always listening to your music in the car, bro, not my music. But Jesus says, Matthew 16, 25, I want to end with this scripture. He says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Can can I ask you a a question, rhetorical, but, but I want you to answer it in your heart. Why is it that you think Jesus came? Just, just in your, in your space. For you. Why is it you think Jesus came? Because John 10, 10, we won't read it, but Jesus tells us why he came. Jesus said, I have come for one reason, that you may have life and you may have it to the full. Did, did you know that Jesus really only has one goal, one aspiration, and that's that you would have joy and fulfillment and satisfaction? Do you know why Jesus came to, to lead us, came to give us his ways only so that we could have life? And, and sure, it is what it is. I, it's difficult for me to say no to me sometimes. And I don't, I don't know, man, because I really, really want to go pursue this. It's hard for me to let go of this and, 
and give it to God and say, God, but, but whatever you're asking me to do, I will go and I will do what you're, it's hard for me to follow him because I'm really good at leading my life. But Jesus said, whoever, whoever, someone say whoever, whoever tries to hold on and grasp their life. This, this is my life. This is my life. I, I, I know Pastor Brandon said it is what it is, but I'm, I'm going to be a disciple, but I'm still going to hold on to this. And I'm, I'm not let going, letting go of this dream or this aspiration. I'm still, whoever, whoever holds on to his life, the Bible says he loses it. That he actually doesn't get what he's, what he's aiming for. That actually he doesn't find joy and fulfillment and satisfaction. But whoever will willingly go, George, it's yours. It's yours. Okay, I, I fully surrender. It, it is your, it's your, your life. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.